Blog Talk Radio. We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us. Back and forth, watch where it take us. Cultural yeah. topics and sports, baby, you know we got it. Always our response is amazing. Our bases covered, yeah. Yeah, you know you love it. Our thoughts, they be off with a dome. First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather. Then you know we bringing it home. We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us. Back and forth, watch how we shine. Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it. Always our responses be prime. Our bases covered, whoop. Yeah, you know you love it. No limits to where we can go. So do grab a Oh no, this ain't MLB, but you know it's time for the show All bases covered, my brothers, yeah, you know you love it We get it, yeah, we going in Yeah, we be focused like this is the bottom of night, baby You know we ready to win Sports and pop culture, we cover those things that we supposed to We knocking it out of the park All bases covered, no end in the topic that safe to the culture We send in the spark We cover all bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth Welcome to another edition of the All Bases Covered podcast. Josh is joining shortly. He is on the simulcast right now, but uh, he will be calling into the studio shortly. Sam should be joining us soon. He is traveling. He is should be arriving and getting ready to call in at any moment. So I uh, got a big show today. Josh, nobody's spinning the wheel today, man. How does that feel? Nobody is spinning the wheel. That is uh, kind of uh, that I mean, that's pretty amazing. I mean, and, and the bad thing is Sam was fucking bitching the other day. Yeah, he was. That uh, he had to take the Broncos. Oh, dude, like, we got a huge echo on both sides here, I guess. That usually doesn't, hasn't happened. It's whatever you're uh-oh. saying is is coming on through blog talk pretty it's echoing i'm hearing dual audio there i think that's better test how about now yeah that's good that's good we're good all right sorry right. now i was what i was saying is uh sam was bitching about having yeah. to take the broncos and it's like it's it's that or you've got uh the double death so yeah Speaking of double death, Josh, today you've got to give me, you and Sam have got to give me my 12 Hours of Cage uh, movies today. So we can, so I can get knocked that out this weekend. Where's your ring, Posh? You don't have mine. It's Halloween. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I still need to get that one. I still have to do my... Fucking, uh, I'm going to knock out 12 hours of cage. I have to do the beer mile, which I'm going to get with you, Josh. We're going to get together just one of these Saturdays or Sundays. And you can, uh, you can, uh, what's um, mark that off too. We'll go to a track. There's got to be some kind of high school or something nearby where we can just use our track and, and break out a, a 12 pack of beer so I can do the beer mile and get that done and over with. Yeah, but how many are you supposed to drink in the mile? I don't know. I think it's like every lap I had to take a take a beer, and I think it, uh, around a standard high school track, I think that's like ten laps. That's so like I think it's ten beers potentially. Uh-huh. I think we're gonna <laughs> you know what should be the punishment is what's that? Uh, you remember you remember Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah, with the tricycle. And they had to drink the beer before they <laughs> – that's what we should do. 
Uh, I'll do that. I could do that one instead of the bare mile. I don't know if my big ass is going to fit on a tricycle, though, bro. That's going to be uh, interesting to see. Make me ride around the course. Uh, so since Sam isn't here uh, yet, let's before we Go get bigger. in, uh, let's talk about college football because that's not really like uh, Sam's thing. So the first college football playoff rankings came out. Not really any big surprises. I, I wanted to hear your initial thoughts. I, I, I know there were some people who were a little upset that Ohio State was ranked number one. I am understanding of why they're ranked number one. But let's go ahead and uh, let's uh, let's dive into that. No, I mean, let's, let's look at the four, the top four. Only two of them only two of the top four teams have played a ranked opponent, and that's Florida State and Ohio State, correct? No, in Georgia. And Georgia, Georgia beat Kentucky. And Georgia and Michigan, they haven't really played anybody yet. Yeah, Georgia so, beat Kentucky, who was ranked, but that's it. And they were like a low-ranked opponent. They were like 20th, so. And they're not ranked anymore. So. Yeah. So, Ohio State does have two wins, uh, overranked opponents, and Florida State has one with LSU. Uh, They did beat Duke, but I think Duke is now unranked as of now. So, I agree with it. Do I think Ohio State's the number one team in the country? Absolutely not. 100% not. Uh, I still think Georgia is. Well, as Rick Blair said, to be the man – you got to beat the man. And Georgia is a two-time defending national t- champion. Exactly. Michigan, they just haven't played anybody. And, yes, they have looked absolutely dominant against everybody they have played. They haven't played anybody. No, they haven't. They so, haven't. And it's coming. It's coming. I mean, eventually. But Ohio State – I would venture to say that Notre Dame, Penn State, and Wisconsin are better than any three wins of anybody in the top four. Florida State can count LSU. That's fine. But Clemson is disappointing this year. Duke is Duke. Duke's probably like an eight-win team. They're a nice team. They're a solid team. They're not a great team. Um, I – the the only other team in, in sniffing distance that you could say probably has close to that many good – not even Washington can say it because they've only beat Oregon. Now, they got USC, Utah, and Oregon State all coming up. Those, those could be some quality wins there. But unfortunately for, for Washington, USC starting to – really show their true colors, not a great defense at all. Utah got absolutely curb stomped by Oregon. So, I mean, that enhances Washington's win over Oregon, but it does make it kind of hard for that win against Utah to really Well, I mean, that, and that's, that was mine and your argument a couple weeks ago with that Pac-12, is once these teams actually started playing each other, they're going to they're gonna knock each other out. Yes, I still think Oregon is probably the better two out of Washington, but Washington does have the head-to-head. 
So well, if Washington wins again, yeah. If, if yeah. Washington wins out, beats Oregon, Oregon's done. Oregon's Sorry. done, right? Oregon's done. Whereas, here's the thing: we'll we'll see what happens. Ohio State and Michigan obviously will play each other, depending on how that game goes. Ohio State may once again, if they win or if they lose, even if they lose, if it's a close game, Ohio State may find themselves back in the college football playoff. Um, there's there's another scenario too that what everybody fails to realize is the Big Ten can come down on Michigan this year and ban them from postseason play. That's that's the other option. That's another option. So, um, but I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen this year. We'll see. But but you're right. They, With Washington they, and Oregon they, having a Pac-12 championship game potentially against each other. Now, what? let me ask that you, knocks, Josh. That knocks whoever out. Potentially. But let me ask you. Let's say Michigan does play Ohio State. Let's say Michigan's not banned this year. I'm just going to give you this hypothetical. And, and I know Ohio State's played a, a good schedule. They got some quality wins. But let's just say Michigan Michigan beats Ohio State something of like 42 to 14, right? Like a blowout game, Okay. Not saying that's going to happen. I'm just hypothetically throwing this out to you as as we discuss this. So Michigan blows Ohio State out. We already know Oregon and Washington had a nail biter. It was a three point game the first time. So they play again in the Pac-12 title. Let's say Oregon this time <laughs> wins 35 to 32. Okay, three point victory. Now Washington and Oregon both have one loss. Michigan's undefeated. Ohio State has one loss. Let's say Florida State and Georgia both go undefeated. Is is there potential for that one loss, Washington or Oregon, to jump Ohio State because Ohio State gets blown out by Michigan in the last game of the season and Washington and Oregon battle again and it's another tight contest? I don't think they're going to get two teams in. I, I, no, not two teams. I no, not, not two teams. What I'm asking you, Josh, what I'm asking you is. Oh, yeah, no, no, absolutely. If, 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 Ohio, if Ohio State loses. And they get blown out. I'm not saying it's a close loss. I'm not saying, like, Ohio State loses, like, 24-21. I'm saying they get blown out and Washington, Oregon yeah. face no, another game. One, Oregon 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah. One of them teams gets it over Ohio State. Okay. Interesting. If, um, because, I mean, that's just the way the dominoes are going to fall. If, if Washington wins, they went out, they're undefeated, they well deserve to go in there. Oregon, but if Oregon you avenge, your, avenge you, you, you're a conference champion, you avenged your loss for the year, yeah. yes, I think you're in. Because then okay. you've got four conference champions going at it. And that's, okay. what it's, that's basically what the college football playoff should have been going to begin with. Yeah, that's true. All right, good stuff, man. So, um, I don't know if you heard, but Dabo Swinney just went in on a caller who asked a pretty innocent question. But is Dabo losing it there in Clemson? I I mean, he said goodbye to DJ Ugalele, right? Um, The old quarterback. 
Now, mind you, he said goodbye to him. Oregon State is now 6-2. and two. Their two losses were a three-point loss to Washington State and a three-point loss to Arizona. So they have two losses by combined six points. They did beat Utah. Oregon State did. They also beat UCLA. They got Colorado this week. They have a chance to beat Colorado, who seems to be spiraling right now. But Davos, when he won't go into the transfer portal, um, he doesn't seem to be recruiting at a high level anymore, at at least not from what I've seen the last couple of years. Is he he done now as as a top coach? Do you think, or is this just kind of like a cyclical thing? No, uh, if if he doesn't start playing in the transfer portal, he's done. He won't ever have a top program again. Anymore, you have to go into the portal. He's not recruiting these these five-star QBs like he did a couple years ago. Well, he did. Last year, he pulled in uh, Cade – what's his name? Cade Klubnik, or maybe that wasn't last year, but it was uh, – he was a five-star recruit. He was a true freshman last year. He's a sophomore this year. But he's not not playing. What? Right. Is he not playing, or is that the quarterback they have now? That's the quarterback they have now. He's the one – he's the reason why you – Oh, okay. And they got four losses. Enough said. Yeah. So Cade Klubnik, uh, yeah, who was supposed to be, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think, I, I know they got a new offensive coordinator in there, and it, it just hasn't changed. It hasn't clicked. Yeah. They don't have, I, I, I didn't mean the, the quarterback position. I'm talking, I meant wide receivers. They haven't got yeah. good wide receivers in years. You're right. If you don't You're have right. that yeah. big dominant wide receiver like a T. Higgins, like a Mike Williams. Uh, I mean, I, for a while, Clemson was breaking wide receivers out left and right to the NFL. Oh, right? for a long time. Now that was not. In his first few years, he had DeAndre Hopkins on his team. Yeah. I mean, they had a lot of guys. Um, yeah, you're right. They're not getting those. They don't seem to have those receivers now. Like, even in, like, 2020, which the Clemson Tigers team in 2020, they lost in the uh, college football semifinal to Ohio State. This team had Justin Ross, Joseph Nada, Amari uh, Amari Rogers, uh, Will Swinney. Like, they, uh, they ha- had – uh, I mean, Amari Rogers is in the NFL. Justin Ross was in the NFL until he got arrested. They also had Travis Etienne on this team. Uh, Joseph Nada is in the NFL now. Um, and then, you know, going back, like you said, dude, I could go back to – They could have had T. Higgins on that team too, right? No, not on the 2020 team. He was on the 2019 team. But if you go back to, okay. like, 2017, uh, yeah, I mean – this this team was they they were loaded with guys at wide receiver at 2017. Uh, ATN was a freshman that year. They had T Higgins who was a freshman. They had Hunter Renfro. Uh, they had Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, those are all NFL guys. Amari Rogers was a true freshman. Um, and just you're right. They don't have the DeAndre Hopkins, the T Higgins, the Justin Ross, the the, the big time receivers. But also, 
if I'm looking at their recruiting classes, if I'm going back, I'm not saying that they've been terrible. But at one point in time, from like 2014 to 2000, uh, or I'm sorry, 2015 to like 2019, they were top five classes every single year. They were number four in 2015. They were number six in 2000. Uh, they were, I'm sorry, they were number five in 2016. They were number uh, two in 2017. Then you come up here now. The last couple of years, it's been it's been 10, uh, 12, and now they're sitting there uh, currently for this year's class at number 16. And it's not that it's bad, not that those are bad recruiting classes, but they're not sitting there grabbing the top. They're not sitting at number three, four, like they used to be with Alabama and Ohio State, right? It's They've been kind that's of passed by Georgia. And, and that's because the transfer portal, he doesn't want to get in it, and he doesn't want to get in an IL. Yeah. The two of the main causes the last couple of years, their draft classes have skyrocketed down. Yep. Uh, so, yes, I, I think he's losing it. I don't think he's going to be a top-tier coach anymore unless he changes – he he makes yeah. a few changes. Wait so yeah. And then what's going to be very interesting, since we're talking about recruiting classes, let's just say Michigan does get some sort of penalty. They've been having top five, top eight draft classes the last few years. Uh-huh. Jim Harbaugh is probably on his way out. And I love that the NFL said, you are not going to come to escape to the NFL without getting penalized if you get penalized as a college coach. I thought the NFL, I thought that was a great move by the NFL. But yeah, what happens to their that school with the draft? Are they going to start going back to the 12, 12 on back again like they were? I don't, maybe. I don't think Michigan – Michigan struggled, Josh, for years, for years to get the right head coach, right? They went through Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez, and they had several guys that would have, like, one or two nice seasons, and they'd fucking collapse, right? And finally – and I I don't know if Jim Harbaugh got them over the hump. I, I, I thought that we could sit here and say he finally figured it out, but did he? Or was it just a really high-end fucking spy plan that fucking that got that, the job? That's exactly what he's going to be delegated to the last two years. Hey, you know what? This is going back for the last couple of years, and your mediocre, mediocre rise from a 2-14, and four team, like all of a sudden your teams are putting together. Is it because yeah. that your elaborate scheme of stealing signals, you knew exactly what the – plays were going to be when each team was running it, and all you had to do was stop it. Yes, the other team still has to stop you from scoring, but if you know what their defense is bringing on, you can change the play. It's not that hard. So, uh, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting now that teams know that their signals have been compromised, and if they're going to change it up, and we'll see what happens. I mean, their big test is going to be Penn State, but Penn State's offense is fucking terrible. It is. They have terrible. trouble scoring. So same thing with Ohio's offense. Ohio State's offense is terrible. 
we haven't really been able to talk about this, and we'll know more in a little bit. But um, who do you think they would replace him with if he decides to leave or if he gets fired or whoever? Are they going to go after another Michigan man? Are they going to go after another Power 5 head coach? Like, would they go after somebody, you know – a name that gets thrown out there, and I don't think I, I don't think Michigan fans would be happy about this, but he is somebody from that area. Is Matt Campbell from Ohio, from Iowa State? But his his luster seems to have dropped in recent years. Um, I I don't know because the thing I hate about taking guys from like small Power Five schools or even from mid-majors that have had success and throwing them into the meat grinder that's a big-time program, is some of them just can't handle the pressure and spotlight of winning at those schools, right? Like, it, it's not an easy thing to do. And a lot of times when you're at these small schools, like in Iowa State, or if you're at, like, um, you know, like a Minnesota their fans aren't used to winning, so if you win eight, nine games there most years, you're safe. Winning eight, nine yep. games at Michigan is not going to work for more than a couple of years. It's a good way to get fired. So I, I, I don't know. You would almost have to go after a big-name coach. I don't know what big-name coach is sitting out there. That they would but go here's ahead. the question: What if they get penalized? If they get penalized fifty scholarships, you know, yeah. and they get postseason banned for two, three years, I don't think a big name coach is going to come for that for that time right. frame. So they might have to get somebody like a Matt Campbell from Iowa State, you know, and then yeah. figure out a big name after all those penalties are happening. From so. What I read from Michigan fans is if they do lose Harbaugh, there's two guys that are on their wish list. I don't know if either one of them are going to leave to go. First one is Kalen DeBoer, Washington's head coach. The other one is Dan Lanning, Oregon's head coach. Dan Lanning's a Midwest guy. Um, you know, he he was born in Missouri. Um, he has, you know, hasn't really worked though in the big 10 at all. He was at, you know, previously Pittsburgh as a grad assistant and Arizona state as a grad assistant. Then he was a GA at Alabama. And then he was at Memphis as a linebackers coach. And then he was at Georgia and now he's the head coach at Oregon. Not sure, you know, if that's going to fit well. Um, and then Kalen DeBoer, I think, is a much, you know, is a is another great uh, option, uh, Washington's coach. But, man, this dude's from South Dakota. He might be happy there, and Washington's going to be in the Big Ten. And, you know, um, he he might be happy where he's at. But he's, he's done a great job at Washington taking over from, uh, you know, um, God, who that wasn't uh was that who was Chris it? Peterson or something? No, it was Chris Peterson's coordinator that he ended up taking over for though after he left. So 
But I don't know, man. That that could be a good job. But uh, as we're still awaiting Sam, we uh, I don't want to draw our helmets before um, um, Sam is able to join the show. I just texted him. But now let's get to some NFL news, man. Um, the Raiders made like bandits and fired Josh McDaniels in the middle of the fucking night. At least it was the middle of the night for us. It was like it was like twelve or one o'clock in the morning uh, in the on the East Coast time. Um, this was something that I think was warranted. Josh McDaniels is a terrible head coach. He's a terrible roster manager. He is just not good as a head coach, and I hope people stop hiring him to be a head coach. But should the Raiders have waited, or did they need to do this now? Uh, I mean, I think they probably should have did it closer to the end of the season. Okay. Uh, I mean, the problem is you've got a star wide receiver on your team that wants out. Now this makes them want out even more. And I, I know this is a, in a segment later on about the NBA contracts and the players seem like they have a lot of uh, power. I, I think that's, that's starting to translate into football. So Devontae Adams might say, you know what, I'll, I'll fucking sit the bench the rest of the year. I don't care. I want trade or I'm going to sit. Well, I, I think the reason they – did fire McDaniels is because they're trying to keep Devontae Adams ha- happy. So, like, if, for instance, they get the right coach, and this was the scenario. No, this is the scenario I thought. The Raiders are doing Jim this Harbaugh. now, and they're and they're, they're sitting Jimmy Garoppolo for Aiden McConnell, Aiden O'Connell the rest of the year. They tank, go over three hours west to California to L.A., they draft Caleb Williams number one overall, and they bring with them his head coach, Lincoln Riley. I don't think, they, I don't think they're going to get the number one pick, though. Well, they might not. I mean, but, but let's look at it right now. Currently, currently, they're sitting at three and five, okay? The Colts are also three and five. The the Patriots are two and six. The Bears are two and six. The Giants are two and six, and the Arizona Cardinals are one and seven, and the Carolina Panthers are one and six. So, there. I know the Bears are a popular destination, but here's the first move that you do. First off, you at the end of the college football season, you hire you announce that Lincoln Riley's your new head coach. The Raiders still have lots of assets that they can trade for the number one pick. They still got all their picks. Sure. The Bears have the number one pick. Caleb Williams has already made it very clear he's not going to go to Chicago. Chicago has Justin Fields, regardless on if they soured on him or not. You, maybe if you're the Raiders, you can – if the Raiders finish with, like, pick number four on the season, right, something like that, you can convince Chicago that now, you know, Caleb Williams is never going to sign with you. He won't come out. He won't play for you. And you would say you keep the number four pick. Maybe you can move up. But Chicago's got Carolina's pick, 
and they have their own pick. Yep. And so there's a chance that even if they don't get Caleb Williams, they get one of the other stud quarterbacks. And the Raiders then have Lincoln Riley, an offensive-minded coach, who's going to have to hire a defensive coordinator. Uh, and then he's going to – and then you have Caleb Williams. And now you can sell tickets in Vegas. So just watching Caleb Williams over the last – I don't think he's a number one. I don't think he's I'm good either. I don't think he's that good either. I, but I, I'm starting to think it's, he's a system. He's a offensive – he's Lincoln Riley's offensive weapon, yeah. He reminds me a lot of Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield with that Oklahoma yeah. offense. So uh, if, that, if that offense Taylor comes in NFL, that's what I'm talking about. You get Lincoln no, Riley yeah. and come bring him with Caleb Williams as a combined package. But is he going to have success in the NFL with his offense? That's going to be the biggest question. We've seen college coaches come up and they can't get their offense going in the NFL. You're right. You're right. right? So That's, all, that's a possibility. I mean, Urban Meyer was the offensive minded coach and we've seen what happened with him with the Jaguars here's the yeah and you're right and Lincoln Riley is going to the Raiders for his for his part also Lincoln Riley does not have any NFL coaching experience and a lot of times college coaches that either played in the NFL or coached in the NFL before getting their first head coaching job in college they tend to be more successful in the NFL because they know what a grind it is. They also know they don't have control of the kitchen like they do at college. The GMs run things. All the college coaches that have been able to be successful in the NFL also had another thing. They had a quarterback with them. If you look at college coaches, Urban Meyer mm-hmm. had a goal. He had Trevor Lawrence, and he couldn't do anything with it because he's not an NFL coach. Urban Meyer's not an NFL head coach. If they'd gotten nope. somebody else. Now, if you would given Nick Saban – Trevor Lawrence in the NFL, I think Nick Saban would have been successful there in Miami. He didn't have a he didn't have a quarterback in Miami either. He wanted Drew Brees. Well, Miami fucked him. Miami yeah. Miami didn't want to. Nick Saban wanted to sign Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to trade for Drew Brees. Miami yeah. said no because of the whole shoulder thing, and right. that's why he ended up going to New Orleans and the rest of history. And that yeah. was the reason why Nick Saban ended up leaving Miami because he he felt like he couldn't get. His set. Exactly. And then, just like Matt Rule at Carolina, they never gave him a quarterback. They gave him Teddy Bridgewater, nope. Sam Darnold, and Baker Mayfield to try to win with that roster. And it just wasn't going to happen. So, well, uh, we got Sam. No, I, I, I think you're, I do think, hold on, before we move on, I, I think you're on to something with Lincoln Riley. I don't think he goes to the Raiders. Okay. I think okay. he stays in L.A. For the with the Chargers, ooh, that's a possibility. But then they already have Justin Herbert, so they're not going to go draft exactly. Caleb Williams. Yeah, you you've got you've got an established offense. He doesn't have to really get too much in there. Yeah. So, I I think that would be his best move if he was going to join the NFL ranks. And and let's not forget that Jim Harbaugh was going, pretty much was going to be the coach of the Raiders. Until things oh. started breaking down. Okay. So I still think I there's fire there's in college. that one. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I thought Harbaugh is a candidate for the Bears because he played there. 
he he is, but there are, there I remind you too. There was a lot of smoke if Stefanski gets fired out of Cleveland, Harbaugh yeah. would go to Cleveland too. So but let's talk I think about the Raiders make the most sense. Let's 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 uh, talk about that real quick, Sam and Josh. Now we know that McDaniel's is gone. Who else might join him in the unemployment line? Who else is on the hot seat that will be gone by the end of the season? We we Chargers the Chargers head coach for sure. Yeah, Staley. Yeah. I agree, especially if they don't make the playoffs. If now if they make the playoffs and they go on a run to like an AFC Championship game, I think he bought himself some time. But that doesn't look likely. So Staley, I, I think Staley's a great call. I think Ron Rivera's gone at the end of this year. Yeah, I think, I, I think I, he's gone in Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because they're start. They're, I mean, I think there's a rumor that Chicago is going to be trading for Montez Sweat. Okay, uh, and then Washington also done. traded uh, Chase Young too. Yeah, they traded Chase Young and Sam Howell. Honestly, so. Sam Howell looked pretty good this year for his first year starting. I I don't think Sam Howell's the problem in Washington. I, I don't. No, think I just think problem. Ron Rivera is a. He's not. He's not a top tier coach. I think he is that right in that middle coach who, who's going to get you seven, six yeah. to eight wins a year, and that's it. I think he's a type. He's the type of head coach that um, still likes to, <clears throat> to make decisions. So, like, if yeah. you have a hot shot OC, he still may want to call some plays and want to override shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know yeah. if Eric. I don't know if Eric B is 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 the reason why, but like, who knows? Maybe Rivera's kind of not letting him do as he wants to do. Who knows? It could be. Oh, no, I, I think Stefanski's gone. I think Cleveland's such in deray with the whole Deshaun Watson. I think Stefanski's gone. Yeah. I also think yeah. Eberflus is gone. I think Matt Eberflus in Chicago is gone. And then I do think that the last one, and this might be a shocker to you, I think Belichick is gone. I think I, I don't think he's going to get fired. I think he, he'll retire. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I think they're going to give him the option to either get fired or or retire. You yeah. know who makes I, I think he'll end up being retired. Taking over for Belichick team, as the team he's currently coaches kind of enters a rebuilding phase is what if the Patriots replace Belichick with Mike Rabel? Let him oh, see if he can if I would that Mike Rabel, I would that would be yeah. a good transition. Yeah, I mean, let him see if he can work his magic with Mac Jones and finally get the most out of him, like Belichick's not been able to do. But I like Vrabel. I mean, Vrabel will have – if Vrabel gets let go at the end of the season by the Titans or he decides to leave because he doesn't want to wait through a rebuild, there will be plenty of job opportunities for him. I, I think I think another job that makes a lot of sense – for Vrabel, if it were to come open, is the Washington commander's job. I think that's a good job for him. I also think that potentially Cleveland is another is another good one for, for Vrabel there. Um, he's a proven NFL head coach. Um, he, there's not a lot of guys I can say that, that, that say they can win games and make the playoffs. And if you look at, at Mike Vrabel and, and knowing, knowing that he's done a lot of this without – He's done. He's done this with Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill as his quarterbacks, and and he's made the playoffs. I mean, uh, let's see. He uh, as a as a head coach, 
as a head coach, he's made the playoffs in Tennessee twice, or no, sorry, three times. He, he, and he made it to an AFC championship game in 2019. Uh, you know, I'll tell you they, the perfect landing place for him. Where is that? It's not, it's not any of the teams. And this one's going to be a shocker, and it's going to be Big D. Dallas? I think Dallas. I think Dallas, if they lose, if they don't make it to the NFC championship or further, I think Mike McCarthy gets fired. Okay. With Mike Vrabel being there to be able to help with that defense and make them even better, I think that's going to be the team to that will go after Vrabel, and I think that would be a perfect landing spot for him. Okay. Well, you know, um, I hot a, a coach we didn't really mention being on the hot seat because I don't think he is, but Matt Lafleur in Green Bay. Um, could be another one. Their GM came out and said they're uncertain if love is the future at that position, which is kind of disheartening to hear considering you, you, you drafted him in the first round. You moved up to get him. Um, you also let him sit for three years behind Aaron Rodgers. Is it fair that the Packers are giving up on love already? I know he's got a lot of weapons in, in Green Bay, and they can't really say he doesn't have a lot of weapons. He's got Dubs, he's got Watson, he's got Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Jaden Reed. But is it fair to give up on Jordan Love already? Yeah, I'll yes, mean, because... Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, Go ahead. Oh, okay. No, no, I was going to say I, I think it is because – you expect you have after sitting for so long, you have the expectation that he's going to take the reins, you know, and, and move forward. And basically, the offense kind of stayed the same, but it's tailored to his suit, you know, his strong suit. And he's not able to capitalize on any of them. So I think Zach Wilson learned more from Aaron Rodgers in off season and minicamp than Jordan Love did in three years. Okay. So I, I'm going to also piggyback on Sam. I, I absolutely think. Yes, too. Because if you go back and you start looking at reports, yeah, when Brett Favre was doing the whole thing with, I'm going to retire, I'm going to retire, they were okay with it because they knew Aaron Rodgers was that good. They seen yeah. him in practice, right? There was reports that they did not like Jordan Love in practice. Like, he was not a very good quarterback. That's why they wanted to keep Rodgers. They kept, like, no, okay, well, just stay, just stay. Yeah. To the point that Roger, no, I want, I want out, I want out. So he, he's been wanting out. Yeah, he's been I, wanting I, I, out. You're right, Josh. He's been wanting yeah. out. Ever since they drafted Love, he's he wanted out. But the Packers, they they could have traded Aaron Rodgers like they did Brett Favre, but they didn't because they knew Love wasn't the answer. I mean, they eventually so, traded, him, but yeah, you're right. They well, hung on. Yeah, I mean, they held, held on to him longer than they years. think he did do. Because they didn't have faith in Jordan Love. So, I I, I kind of agree with that. I, but I also think it's a little early. It's his first year starting. I know he's been in the league for three years. But at the same time, it's his first year starting. Let's. I would at least try to give it one more year. Let's see if, he, if, if they struggle this year. But here's the thing. The Packers might not want to do that. They're sitting at two and five. Let's say the Packers finish – Five and twelve this season, and they're staring at a top seven, a loaded quarterback class coming in. They might decide, 
hey, we're just going to go ahead and draft a quarterback now and see how it goes. Let's, I, you know, they might not get Drake Bay. Can I just point one thing out, away. Mike? Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I didn't no. like, you can finish in and out. Okay, I was just going to say they might not get Caleb May or Caleb Williams or Drake May, but the, you, you got like a Quinn Ewers, a Shadur Sanders, a Michael Penix that's that's right there that that they could take easily in the top ten, and and, and with the weapons they've already drafted the last couple years, come in and have immediate success. But uh, go ahead, Sam. No, what I was going to say about Jordan Love is that if he had shown improvement, he would have been tearing up preseason all these yeah. years. Because Aaron yeah. Rodgers doesn't play preseason. He barely plays. Even when he was on right. Green Bay, he didn't play much. So, right. like, he really did get exposure playing with the ones, playing against the ones. He should have been tearing it up after three years. You're right. You're right. And it didn't really happen at all. All right, guys. Before I draw, we draw the helmets, I'm going to go in and I'm going to uh, – and save all your comments on this until the end here, please. But I'm going to go into my quarterback tiers, okay? So we can get through this. Let's not dissect every pick as it happens. Let's wait till the end of it. Uh, but I'm going to go to my quarterback tiers. I'm going to start at the bottom. These are all my quarterbacks who I, I, I think that they are either in situations that are bad for them or the teams are just no good. And these are the worst of it. And if, if these are your starting quarterbacks, you're probably going into next year, possibly looking for another one, except for one of these guys. Uh, but because his contract is an albatross. All right. These are my bottom feeders of the quarterback tiers. It's Desmond Ritter, Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones, and Jimmy G slash Aiden O'Connell. Jimmy G is going to sit for the rest of the year. He's not going to play. Daniel Jones, I think I thought he was going to take a, a nice step forward, even if the Giants struggled this year to win games. I thought Daniel Jones would take a, at least a nice year two step forward under Brian Dabble, and he looks god awful. He's looked terrible all year. Deshaun Watson is not right oh, mentally. It. He's not right healthy. He's not right mentally. Baker Mayfield has played admirably for Tampa Bay, but I watched that game against Buffalo, and he just doesn't have the arm strength. He cannot – those balls flutter. I don't – I think he's a very, very below-average quarterback. And then, obviously, Mac Jones is an abject disaster, and Desmond Ritter's been so bad for Atlanta that they're they're turning to Taylor Heineke. Next tier, I got needs a fresh start. These three quarterbacks, I think, would be better off on uh, on new teams next year, and that's Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, and Kyler Murray. Kirk Cousins really is a shame because he was balling this year. Um, you know, even though Minnesota was struggling to win games, he was not the reason for it. He he's second in the league in passing yards. Uh, tied for the lead in touchdown passes, only thrown five interceptions, uh, ha- has the second uh, highest – or, sorry, has the fifth highest uh, QB rating in the in the league. Uh, and then he tore his Achilles, uh, ruptured his Achilles. That's a, that's a shame for Kirk Cousins. But I, I think Minnesota – One thing you, I want to jump in on you is okay. you got to remember, Kirk Cousins, some of the interceptions were at inopportune times – 
and yes. the reason why they lost games. Okay. Just Fair throw enough. that out there. Fair enough. But I think Cousins would 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 fare better on a new team. I think Justin Fields would do well to get out of Chicago. Maybe Atlanta can make a play for him. And I think Kyler Murray, it's clear that Arizona's kind of soured on him, so maybe he needs a new fresh start. The next tier I have But you is, do know we do know that he's gonna be starting. And because they traded Joshua Dobbs to yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota. I know. We'll see what happens. Um so the next tier is these teams aren't necessarily openly looking for a quarterback, but they're also not hanging up the phone if someone's calling offering them one. That's Russell Wilson of the Broncos, Derek Carr of the Saints, Jordan Love for the Packers, Matthew Stafford for the Rams, Geno Smith uh, for the Seahawks, Bryce Young for the Panthers, and Kenny Pickett for the Steelers. Now, I know Bryce Young's a rookie. He hasn't looked all that great. The Panthers are 1-7. They did just beat Houston, um, but, he, you know... And I don't think Carolina is going to be so quick to give up on him, but he has not looked like the number one pick at all this year. I think Geno Smith is what he is. He's a solid quarterback, not great. I think Matthew Stafford, the injuries and the the beating he took his first 10 or so, 12 years in Detroit is starting to catch up with him. And then obviously Derek Carr is Derek Carr, uh, another kind of mediocre mid-tier quarterback. So that's my – that's that tier. The, the, hey, we're not necessarily in the QB market, but we're also not not going to turn down any offers. All right, here is the, my next tier. These are young quarterbacks or rookie quarterbacks where the future looks solid. We got C.J. Stroud in Houston. We got Will Levis, Tennessee, Sam Howell in Washington, and Anthony Richardson for the Colts. Will Levis, it's hard to – He's only up this high because we've only seen one game of him, and he threw for four touchdown passes, and he was slinging the ball down the field. We'll see if he keeps it up. He might fall down to this bottom of the barrel or in the not in the QB market but listing categories. Uh, but, you know, off that first performance, I thought he looked pretty good. Next here are these, are these are guys that if they're on your team, you're probably a playoff team. Playoff quarterbacks, but they're not very good under pressure. Justin Herbert is number one in this tier. Then we got Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, and Jared Goff. Justin Herbert, until shown otherwise, will always just be a very good quarterback, but not someone who I think can win anything of of any because it seems like when the Chargers really need a win, they don't, he doesn't come through. He blew that playoff game against the Jags last year. So I, right now, until proven otherwise, Justin Herbert is just a merely a good quarterback, but who doesn't do well under pressure. The next tier is our, our is near the top. These are our franchise quarterbacks. If you have this guy on your team, you're you're always in playoff contention, and you're probably pretty happy. And that's Josh Allen of the Bills. Trevor Lawrence of the Jags and Tua Tagovailoa for the Dolphins. Uh, these three quarterbacks are very good. I think um, all three of these teams, Jack, uh, Jacksonville, Buffalo, and uh, um, Miami, are threats to to go on a deep run in the playoffs. 
whether or not they do is a different story. But I think uh, these also these are just guys where their teams will should always be in the playoff hunt year in and year out. And then my top tier, these are your elite quarterbacks. These are guys that if they stay healthy, your team has a great shot at making a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, is number one. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and then Lamar Jackson rounding out that. Lamar Jackson as a starting quarterback in Baltimore. I know, and then I know the last couple of years he's he's gone out, he's gotten hurt, and he's uh, he's missed some games. But he has a seventy percent winning percentage as a quarterback. He's fifty-five and twenty-three all time, and he's clearly a huge difference for the Ravens when he's out compared to when he's in. Even if statistically he's not always dominant, just his overall aura of being there. The Ravens are always very tough when he's when he's been in the game. And the last couple of years, they've had those slides because they've had to go to turn to Tyrone Huntley. But Lamar Jackson absolutely has the Ravens as a Super Bowl contender as long as he stays healthy. So that's my quarterback tiers. Now I'm opening it up for criticism from the peanut gallery. All right, Josh, you're up first. Uh, I mean, no, I, I mean, I, I like your, your tiers. Uh, I, I think – Kirk Cousins, who I think we all knew Kirk Cousins was going to be gone anyway. So yeah. your change of scenery, I think that's just – everybody knew that. Uh, Justin Fields, I think he needs a change of scenery out of Chicago or just a new coach because I don't think yeah. that coach is very helpful to him. Um, uh, Lamar Jackson, now are you talking fantasy football? Or are you talking – what are you real, talking? This is not fantasy real football. football this yeah. Real football, yeah. This is real football, real life yeah. football. Yeah. Okay, so real football, yes. I 100% agree with you with uh, Lamar Jackson being in the top tier because you're 100% right. That that Ravens team is a different team with Jackson in there than they are without him. Uh, granted, they did beat – I do feel they do get lucky at times and, and win some of these close games, or they'll catch the team right at – uh, the right time, but they yeah. also lose to teams they, they shouldn't be losing to. Yeah, and a couple of weeks ago they should have never lost. So, no, but I I, I think your your uh, thing is spot on. I'd like to make one observation. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, doesn't yet quite belong on that list on that tier for, Which, for your quarterback. Tier, on the second tier on the he, franchise quarterback list. Not yet. He's been to the playoffs once, right, so far? This is his third year in the league, though. Okay, given, but he came out as as, as the messiah, as the hype from college. So, I mean, maybe he's living up to it. I, but I, I still would like year. to see more. I still would like to see more out of him. I mean, they had to come and get him a new coach, which is great. That's fine. They switched things up. But one playoff, uh, you know, showing, uh, you know, I, I still want to see one more <laughs> year or but they're also six and two this year. They're yeah, but it's, it's not a really strong division either. It's not super it's, strong. That division's not like loaded. It, it's not loaded, but also the teams that the, one of their losses is to a division opponent. They got wins over Buffalo. They beat. Um, I mean, they they swept the Colts. Fine, 
And then, but and they lost to uh, Houston, so they're two and one in their division. They haven't placed, they haven't faced Tennessee yet. They they got wins over the Steelers and and, and the Saints and Buffalo and Atlanta, uh, and and the rest of their schedule is not super daunting. They got San Francisco after San Francisco's bye week after they both come out of the bye. Then they got to play Tennessee, who's going to be rebuilding. They got to play the Bengals and they got to play Baltimore still. So, I mean, honestly, between San Francisco, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Baltimore, there's really probably only. There's 13 winnable games for them this year. There is. I mean, there's a chance they go 13 and four this year or 12 and five at the worst. And I, I, I think a lot of that is this is, like I said, it's Trevor Lawrence's third year his first year was a disaster with Urban Meyer then they went out and got Doug Peterson and they won the division and they won a playoff game and now they're sitting at six and two I I think he is absolutely a franchise quarterback I don't think he falls into a tier where he's playoff quarterback but not good under pressure or maybe not not in the tier of well not in the QB market but listing I mean you could make an argument maybe to drop him into the future looks solid here, but with Stroud, Levis, Howell, and Richardson, but I, I don't know. I, I absolutely believe that he is a franchise quarterback right now. I, 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 I let me ask you. Let me ask. So let me ask this question, Sam, real quick, and then we'll, we'll, we're going to move on to a couple different things. If you're Jacksonville's GM, how many quarterbacks are out there? That if they if you were offered a straight up trade one for one, them for Trevor Lawrence, are you saying yes to? Right now. Okay, fine. Given there's not many, there's not many, there's not many. But how many? Is it two? Is it five? Is it is it you know? So seven? I mean, look, there's your your obvious your obvious swap outs would be uh, Mahomes, Burrow. Uh, um, I'd even take Josh. I would swap out Josh Allen for for Trevor Lawrence. I don't think I would. You don't, don't think, think you would? Uh, I'm on the bubble no. on that one. Fine, given. Okay. All right. Well, I think can go false for Herbert. I think too. I think if Herbert was in an easier division, I think you would see Trevor Lawrence type of numbers and Trevor Lawrence type of whatever. Right. The Chargers are in an easy division. The Raiders and Broncos have been shit for four years. Your really only competition in that division is the Chiefs. Chiefs. Right. So, yes, true. But, like, the, the, the Broncos and the Raiders just became shit. So, what, he's in year five now, Herbert? Herbert, well, four. I think. Year four. No, no. Okay, whatever it is. He came in the, he came in the same class as, as Burroughs, so the 2020, 21, 22, 23. Yeah, this is year number four for him, technically. Because okay. Trevor Lawrence okay. came in 2021. He came the year after Burrow and those guys. So this okay. is year four for for Herbert. I guess maybe that division gets gets weight because of KC. Maybe. That's probably what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, honestly, if you look at having to play, if you look at, like, Burrow, other than the Browns, you have to face the Steelers, who I know are not fantastic every year but they play tough under Mike Tomlin they're, they're the Steelers have been a lot better than the Raiders or the or the Broncos have been uh, you know then you got the Ravens and the Browns let's be honest are a tough out with their defense 
So I I don't I don't know, but I I think Trevor Lawrence is a very good quarterback. We'll we'll see if he can continue to grow. I think he's going to hit some roadblocks there because the AFC is so tough. Because I think Tua is very good as well, and I think he's got better talent around him and, uh, in Miami than than Trevor has in Jacksonville. And then I obviously I think the Bengals. The Ravens and the Chiefs are all better teams. So even if Trevor Lawrence improves this year, he might not go that far in the playoffs. Maybe they eke out a win in the wild card round. But then if you have to go up against, you have to go against Miami or Baltimore or Cincinnati in the divisional round. Do you give the Jags any? I mean, do you think the Jags won't be favored? I don't think in any of those games. Right. No. I mean, look. The reason why I put Burrow on such a high list is because. All those AFC North uh, teams are great. Yeah. You know, like you said, the Steelers yeah. play hard every year. Baltimore's always in contention. Cleveland plays very well divisional matchups for some strange reason. They may shit on the season, but when it yeah. comes to divisional matchups, they actually very well. So Burrow's yeah. been going up against top-tier competition from his own division since he came in. So, yeah. like, that's kind of like the – along the lines where I'd like to see Trevor Lawrence kind of get to, and even Herbert for that matter. Okay. Fair enough. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's draw our helmets. And then uh, we are going to unveil the winner of the biggest jerk bracket. There was an upset going to the championship game. So, uh, and then we're going to talk uh, a little wrestling and wrap, wrap up the show. So who wants to draw first? Sam, since you bitch all the time about who you got picked. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, I'll, draw, I'll draw first, Dick. All right, let me get the daily line pulled up here. Golden Helmet of Freedom! <laughs> all right. Yeah, does anyone have any updates? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so I've taken out the Broncos, the Niners, the Lions, and the Jags because they're all on by. Your first pick, Josh, you're looking at the camera. You can see it. You get the Chargers. The Chargers. The Chargers are currently currently three-and-a-half-point favorites on Monday night against the Jets. Are you going to keep it or put it back? Hey, wait, I thought I was picking first. He's got to put it back. I'm you putting are it back, first. baby. All right, Sam's putting it back. No chargers. Okay, let's see. Well, you're stuck with whoever you get next, so better hope that it's a halfway decent one. Oh, you fucking lucky bastard. You got the Chiefs. I will take the Chiefs. Hey. The Chiefs are not looking good. Yeah, I know. Not. I know. But guess what? I, I, won, I won the Broncos line last week, so I'll take the Chiefs. Why not? All right, so the Chiefs are one-point favorites against the Dolphins this week in Germany. Oh, I, think so. I mean, yeah, I have to take it. I have no choice, right? Oh. Yeah, yeah, no. Josh, you want to go or do you want me to draw? I'll go. I'll fucking go. Okay. Oh, Josh, the Steelers. <laughs> the Steelers of Pittsburgh. The Steelers are playing the Titans tomorrow night. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. Do you want to keep the Steelers or put it back? Give me one second. <laughs> Got to find out if it's my boy Burton. Ticket is playing tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep the Steelers. Two-and-a-half-point okay. favorites, uh, I'll take them. All right. 
There it goes. My turn. We, oh, wait, 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 hold on. Where's the game at? Where's the game at? Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep the Steelers. Everybody was safe this year, this last week. Let's see if we can keep it going. Let's see who I fucking draw. Ooh, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, <laughs> the Falcons are four and a half point favorites against the Vikings. I am going to keep the Falcons with Taylor Heineke. We try. Wow. Yeah. So and you know they're going to be face. Oh, they're facing the rookie though. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, no Kirk Cousins and no Justin Jefferson. So And no Josh Dobbs yet. And no Josh Dobbs yet. So yeah, keeping the Falcons here. We might not be spinning again for the second week in a row. Let's see. All right. Going to our brackets. I am going to pull this up here. Biggest jerk brackets. Here we are. In the final four, Biff Cannon and White Goodman. White Goodman pulls the upset over Biff Cannon with 55% of the vote. White wow. How did that happen? White Goodman went to the championship against Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin taking out Kenny Powers with 60% of the vote. And your winner... Of the championship, Shooter McGavin taking out White Goodman with 52% of the vote. Shooter is our pop culture biggest jerk winner. Called it. Yeah, you called it. So, all right, before we end the show, I want to talk some wrestling. Um, And, Josh, I want to ask you these questions. There's a couple names that – uh, their contracts are up next year in 2024. Some earlier in the year, some later in the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna name off these wrestlers. I wanna I want you to tell me where you think they end up if they if they stay in AEW if they leave WWE. We have Drew McIntyre, MJF, Brian Danielson, Becky Lynch, and all three members of the New Day. Uh, I mean, let's start with Drew McIntyre. I think McIntyre stays. I don't think he can pass up the money that WWE can offer him. And, okay. I mean, he's still a big star with merchandise. So, I think he stays. Okay. Uh, name number two, the man, Becky Lynch. She absolutely stays because her husband is Seth fucking Rollins. So, okay. she stays. Uh, the New Day, again, I... I don't see them moving. Not even for a better uh, opportunity to, to compete maybe for world championships like a Kofi Kingston. Maybe he wants to go. Maybe he doesn't want to. To what? An, an over-bloated AEW roster? That's true. To That's where true. I, 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 I still don't think they would push him to that level. Okay. So, no, I, I think him – and you got to remember uh, – Xavier Woods, I don't think he's going to go anywhere because he's making more money in WWE, especially with all their apparel that they have. You know, yeah. they're one of the top merchandise sellers, so they absolutely stay because they're going to make a shit ton more money. Um, 
MJF, that's a very, very interesting one. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think he's. I don't think he leaves AEW. I think he stays. I think okay. he's. This is all a storyline that they're pushing to say he could leave. Um, I think they have him positioned in the championship, and, and yeah, I think he's going to be in the title title pitcher or right there in, in high pay per views all the time. But I also think that MJF's got to watch out because you can tell that man is on steroids like no other right but now, MJF. right? Do you think MJF is on oh, steroids? God, why? Oh, one hundred percent, bro. Look at look at his transformation of his body over the last, I would say, two years, right? Look at the acne growing on his face, on his body. That's fucking Roy. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know if WWE takes them, even though WWE, you can, you know who's taking Roy's over there and who's not. Let's just be yeah. honest. Um, who was who was your Brian Danielson? Brian Danielson, yeah. Might he leave AEW and say, you know what, this was a mistake, or do you think he enjoys not having to wrestle as much as I he think, did with WWE? Yeah, I, I think he likes having that part time schedule, but. He could be part-time WWE. WWE. I mean, WWE would love to have Brian Danielson back. He he's, yeah. can get the crowd going at any time. He's a big fucking star. He'd bring him a lot of money. If I was Brian Danielson, I would come back to WWE and do a, do a contract where, like a Roman Reigns, hey, I'm only yeah. doing this many shows. I'm only arriving this yeah, many times. And I'm not doing the live the, the live events. I'm only doing television and pay-per-views pretty much. Yeah. But WWE might be weary because Brian Danielson is very injury prone. We've seen, he he's been injured multiple times in AEW already. But in WWE, like I feel like he goes to AEW. He doesn't have a shot run with a title. And he's also been there. He's kind of been Kind of an afterthought, I feel like at at times in the Blackpool Combat Club, and he's he's had some. I I don't even think he's had notable feuds, if I'm being honest. I mean, like what at least you can, what what show are you watching? What show are you watching? Okay, uh, he's had feuds with MJF. He's had feuds with. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Not really. Not really. Like, not not really. I mean, I, everybody remembers the yeah, CM Punk really. MJF, MJF feud. Everybody remembers that one. Who the fuck remembers? Uh, Brian, Dan- Brian Danielson had, like, a match with MJF. He didn't have, like, a multiple show, multiple pay-per-view feud with MJF. Not in the way but that I think that's, but that's, that's the thing. I think AEW is different. A, the WWE they do a three three match thing with these these wrestlers, right? AEW doesn't seem like they do that at all. They might have yeah. one to two matches. They're not going three. They it. I like that because it gives more people opportunity to wrestle in front of you for a title. WWE, you already know who's going to be wrestling for a title, and they might get three. 
Or they might do what they did with Jay Uso, and you get one, and that's it. Sammy Zayn, yeah. you get one, and that's it. We're moving on. And that's only because the crowd dictated that they get a title shot. And Roman Reigns isn't wrestling on a everyday basis, so you gotta limit these these matches to that. Well, all right. Now well, let's hear let's hear your your non wrestling thoughts, Lou. Well, I I actually <laughs> Go ahead, don't spill know. Spill it, man. Spill it. I I don't know if McIntyre is going to stay. I I feel like he does because I don't think he does much over <laughs> in an AEW. I had heard some rumblings that both Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch would leave WWE because of somebody that was being back into place in the backstage area that neither one of them liked very much. Same with Sami Zayn. And I forget the guy's name off the top of my head. But it's somebody that they don't like. And I heard he might be coming back. I don't know if there's any truth to that rumor. Um, well, I mean, who who is it? Are you talking about CM Punk? No, not CM Punk. Um, hold on. Um, God damn it. Um, so, so I want to I want to tell you this. So, somebody put on Reddit. Uh, they're looking at the crown jewel uh, okay. wall, like their their card, the main picture for it. And in the corner, they circle a picture of clouds that look like this. And they're like, "Oh, that's your telltale that CM Punk's gonna get crown jewel." I'm like, "Man, you're just fucking just pushing the level for wanting him to show up there." That's not going to happen. Sorry. Yeah. If he's going to show up, it's going to be Survivor Series in Chicago if he comes. I can't find the guy's name, and I but I I I read about it. There was a guy that's fairly connected that is was on Twitter, and he talked about this dude's name. He had like some kind of nickname. But he talked about how there's a lot of guys backstage him and that he was possibly coming back. Um, and, and, Sammy and, Callahan? I heard that name. I, I don't know. I, I I can't think of the guy's name, and I can't find it right now on the Internet. So, But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I, it's very possible that MJF also likes being the big fish in a small pond. If he goes to WWE – is he the biggest star there? And the answer is no. And right now in AEW, he is. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah, exactly, right? You got Roman Reigns. You still have Brock Lesnar. You still have Randy Orton to compete with, even though he's getting older. Like, And and then also, you got to think MJF also has to deal with the legends coming back and overshadowing him, which he doesn't have to deal with in AEW right now. Like, He doesn't have to worry about The Rock popping up and making him look foolish or John Cena or someone like these, one of these guys coming up and stealing the spotlight from him. So, I mean, I'll go as far as to say, like, I would prefer Kevin Owens over, over MJF. Oh no. Well, I like Kevin Owens, but I would love to see what MJF could do in a feud with like Seth Rollins or with a guy like, um, LA Knight, you know, where they're both good on the mic. I, I feel like MJF, Roman Reigns would be could be good, but I still feel like MJF would run circles around um, Roman Reigns on the mic. 
that it wouldn't be particularly close. I don't know. There's a lot of good action there, but MJF might re-up with AEW on like a short-term three-year contract or something, then maybe see where things are going afterwards. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what 2024 brings for some of these guys. But uh, that is all the time we got now. Please remember, guys, check us out on Spotify, All Bases Covered. Uh, Check us out on Apple Music and Amazon. Um, We are also on Good Pods um, and Audible on the Audible Network. So uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back at it next Wednesday. And uh, everybody, uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We cover See all the basic. You can't erase us. Back and forth, watch where it takes us. Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it. Always our response is amazing. All bases covered. Yeah. Yeah, you know you love it. Our thoughts, they be off of the dome. First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather. Then you know we.